Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent, Kyle Serafin. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show. Today is Tuesday. It's the first day of the week for many of you. It is January the 2nd. We are off and rolling in 2024. Give me those thumbs up in the live chat here. We had some weird things. I actually just tried to refresh my Rumble page and I couldn't see it. So if you guys are having issues, make sure you guys refresh. And if you're joining us, I see we got about 60 or 70 people out there on Twitter. If you guys want to join the live chat where people are going back and forth, you can do so on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Again, that's rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Should be able to click right through on there. Open up the live chat. There's a dozen of dozens, dozens. Uh, generally gets up to like hundreds of you. No demon voice today, folks. I've done a couple of troubleshooting things. I made sure we get it going. We got a, a pretty interesting show, I think. And I should have changed the name of it before we started going. I started it off with something like they just don't understand. But I actually don't think it's the, that they don't understand. What I think is going on here is that the gaslight burns eternal. That is what is going on in 2024. It is going to be 100% gaslight all the time, pedal to the metal, uh, just like our first story is going to cover down on pedal to the metal. But they just cannot grasp the reality that we do not trust them. We, the American people, we, the average person, no interest. No interest in what they're selling. And they continue to write stories about how they cannot believe that we don't believe them. It's actually kind of fun. I guess that's sort of like in the meta uh, world. But let's, let's start off first with my friends over at... Um, for Patriots, I want to just talk down. Like I said, if we are going to be dealing with people that don't put out honest information, anything is possible, including power grid failures, including logistical failures, including supply chain. You got to make sure that you're prepared for a disaster and an emergency. The, uh, the website is for Patriots, the number for Patriots.com for Patriots.com. You guys can go in there and check out the survival bundles. I keep showing you the same ones because these are the ones that you're going to get when you go to for Patriots.com slash Kyle. That's where it starts off. Start off with something cheap. Get yourself a, a $30 survival food pack. Get yourself ready so that you have calories for a couple of days to buy yourself time to figure out whatever your plan is going to be. If you guys want to get deep into the survival thing, they've got all kinds of stuff, whether it be power and solar and water. And if you're a camper or an RV person, it's a great time for you to go out there and you know, sort of try out, test run all of your equipment. FTX it, if you will, as uh, you had one of our guests talk about. Anybody who's in the military know. A field training exercise. You should always do it for patriots.com slash Kyle. Or if you're running around on their website, you can use the promo code Kyle K Y L E check them out and let's get rolling on today's show. The first thing I wanted to bring up pretty wild. I actually didn't hear about this until just recently. Now, of course, I'm seeing it all over the place on Twitter because it takes a little while for real news to filter through or does it? This was front and center on CNN's webpage today. A deadly car crash outside of New Year's Eve concert in Rochester, New York. Where is Rochester's in upstate, right? It's up near where that other car exploded. But that car was definitely, definitely not terrorism. You guys remember that. This one apparently says it's being investigated as domestic terrorism. The driver allegedly left a suicide note and a journal. Huh. Suicide note and a journal. Have we ever seen someone do something kind of kooky, crazy? left a suicide note and a journal. And then it definitely, definitely wasn't terrorism. We wouldn't be talking about uh, little kids getting shot by a transgender lunatic, right? That's not terrorism. That's just somebody had a bad day. 
Uh, in this case, we're talking about apparently there's a domestic terrorism subject allegedly left a suicide note and journal in his hotel room. The suspect has been identified as Michael Avery from Syracuse. Family's been interviewed by interviewers or investigators, rather, on the Joint Terrorism Task Force, the FBI's Buffalo office. That's the exact same people that investigated that bridge. That's weird. I don't know. How do they decide that it's terrorism related when they were able to dismiss it in 24 hours? They they dismissed the other one that went flying. You remember the uh, the flying Bentley, the uh, the airborne Bentley that was doing the Dukes of Hazard piece? How come those people were immediately ruled not terrorists right away? This one was. There's actually video of the of of the aftermath of whatever this crash looked like. I don't know where you decided that this thing is a uh, a terrorist activity. I don't know how that gets done, but uh, I've got a video queued up here, and I actually threw side by side CNN's mobile webpage, so you can see not only are they wanting to show you about this deadly terrorist crash, which is uh, obviously as you guys are. I correctly identifying in the chat, and he must have some sort of conservative tie, right? The second thing is, is they want you to know that uh, respiratory viruses are surging in the United States. You could die. That is the, that is the headline. That is the little preview headline on the top of this. It says uh, something about Israel and Gaza, respiratory viruses, fear, 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 and then also fear, 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 domestic terrorism. You guys want to see this video real quick? We'll talk over it because... It just looks like it's a rear dash cam video. You can see right now, if you're watching, there goes a truck that is on fire. Apparently, the reason this was ruled a um, a terrorist attack, and you're going to see the guy, uh, the passenger, actually get out on fire is what it looks like, which is pretty awful to watch. Um, it's not exactly graphic considering what we see on TV these days, but uh, that person decided they were not going to hang out there very long, whatever this rear, this rear camera is, and uh, there it is burning. So... Interestingly enough, this deadly crash, which was supposedly terrorism, it was decided that it was terrorism. Why? Because they had a bunch of gasoline canisters, a dozen gas canisters in the back of the vehicle. That was a pickup truck. Maybe they were just transporting gas to generators. Maybe they thought they were doing a Y2K situation, and that was the end of the end of days coming, right? Um, but instead, we've decided it's a terrorist attack, even though we had a Bentley absolutely explode. I've never seen a car explode, even at impact. You guys have seen race cars, right? They have they have they have uh, double walled gas tanks, so they don't do that sort of thing. That's sort of like a '70s and '80s sort of model. Like the new gas tanks don't explode. I wouldn't imagine a Bentley would be ready to explode. But all that stuff just makes me. It just says we don't trust whatever it is you're selling us. And if CNN is the number one purveyor of telling us that there's a domestic terrorism attack, watch out, folks, because this, like I said, this year is going to be lit. There's no question in my mind. We're going to be getting an awful lot of really weird stuff. I also saw this video, which was online, and I wanted to share it with you. This was a congressional hearing um, with, with a, a senior member of the uh, EPA, which is absolutely my my least favorite organization, just behind the FBI and the uh, ATF. These people uh, destroy businesses. They seem to be a uh, an absolute menace to American prosperity. They don't want manufacturing jobs happening here. And apparently, they are arming their enforcement division with what uh, military grade stuff. This stuff is, this is actually pretty interesting. I don't know how this actually goes down, but stand by. Let's see if we can take a look at this. I want to go in two different areas real quick uh, because the EPA is uh, purchasing millions of dollars worth of advanced combat equipment. And I, and I heard a little bit about this earlier on a, on a slightly different question. Uh, and a lot of this includes night vision. And, and so why does the EPA need military equipment? Well, and, and I'll give the same answer I gave before. I need to really look into uh, this particular issue 
and the reasoning behind our enforcement arm making these purchases. I'd like to give an honest answer, so I'd love to get back to you on that. So you're not going to war against anyone, right? <laughs> Listen, there's no one to go to war against. I believe that our permitted and regulated uh, uh, constituency are partners, and we're trying to do these things together. Well, I, I, and I, I guess it, I just want you to know, how are Americans supposed to feel about an agency? You know, because a lot of us feel like that our rights are always trampled on, and, and especially when you're stocking up on weapons. So, uh, you know, I would love to have some sort of detailed answer into that, um, especially uh, if, if, if there is no war on the horizon for the EPA. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to get like a real answer about that. Does this guy go to the Chris Ray school of I'm not going to tell you anything and I'm going to do it with a smile and I'm going to act like I just answered your question by telling you that I will get back to you never, that I'm never going to get back to you, that I'm not going to tell you the truth. Why does the EPA need night vision? Why are they picking up a, a bunch of equipment from from former military operations? If you guys don't understand, there's a, there's an entire program, uh, decommissioned military stuff, uh, and also not decommissioned, but no longer needed. I guess it's a way to, to continue to pump the budget. So they give it to either local and federal and state law enforcement, and then uh, the military can get cooler and newer stuff. Except we kind of know, those of us who have been in the military know that we're not always getting that cool stuff. Somebody's getting it. Maybe they're just buying it and putting it in boxes, which is what the FBI used to love to do. I used to actually go over into the warehouse for our surveillance team, and they would have all the uh, equipment for the entire country. They would have all the equipment all boxed up, brand new cameras, cutting edge, Nikon stuff, whatever. And uh, <laughs> we couldn't have it because it wasn't time to hand it out yet. They would wait until it was like a year or two old and it was no longer cutting edge. Then they would give it to us. They had it the whole time. They could have shipped it out to everybody but they didn't. That's kind of like federal logic. Uh, but the idea that they're going to need to have um, night vision, like are we doing enforcement actions at night in the EPA, even the FBI, which is a legitimate like law enforcement agency, theoretically, right? It's not. We talked about that. But if you were to even say somebody was law enforcement, you would at least believe that the FBI has it. They've got SWAT teams. They've got tactical teams and so on. They're not even allowed. They're not even allowed to make entry into a home under night vision. Which is good, by the way. That's good. You actually should be in a law enforcement role, not going in like an operator team that's ready to grab a high-value target. Your job should be to identify yourself very clearly, to operate in a, you know very plain view. I actually don't think they should be wearing camouflage at all. I've made the argument that almost all tactical teams, whether they be state, local, federal, should all be wearing high-vis police uh, markings like with retro reflective gear and either neon orange or neon green. So we know who you are. So there's no guess. It's not like it's either the safety dance guys showed up outside my house or it's a, a tactical team, but we shouldn't be wondering like, who are these dudes in pajamas? Is this the militia that decided to take over our neighborhood? Are these a bunch of scumbags that are wearing balaclavas and face masks? Is that acceptable? I don't think so because they actually have a duty almost all the time to knock and announce. They almost always have to knock and announce. So night vision is a good for surveillance. It's actually not that great, folks. As someone who has done surveillance with night vision professionally for thousands of hours I've done day and night, basically once it gets night, your best shot is really good binoculars with really large objective lenses sitting as close as you can to the subject and you can get closer when it gets dark. You should be able to positively identify them with white light. That means you got to set up where people are coming through street lights uh, and you should be able to document some of this stuff. Night vision just doesn't really do it for criminal investigations. Now, if you're trying to see like ins and outs, how many people are inside of a, an area or something, that's a little different. But if you're trying to identify and you're doing like 
strong criminal investigations, not the actual uh, we're going to take this thing down and we want to know how many adult males are moving around or if they have weapons. That's a different animal. Again, why on earth do we need an EPA that is loaded up with all this stuff? And they do have enforcement. That's the other thing that should tell us. It should tell every single person out there. If there's a government agency, they actually have armed law enforcement. It's just not for the IRS, even though many of you guys found out the IRS has a very decent sized contingent of armed people. The FBI, the ATF, all of DOJ has people like that, U.S. Marshals, right? Uh, and then you can just keep you can keep going down the list. Like the Commerce Department has armed 1811s. 1811s is my old job. So special agent is not the job. Criminal investigator is the job. And an 1811 series, they're armed. And tons of federal agencies have them, including the EPA, who apparently, like I said, is now buying night vision. Pretty weird. Pretty strange thing. Um, let's let's throw a quick thank up to my uh, to my friends over at Catholic Vote. I'm just gonna kind of work them in here. Uh, there it is. You guys check out the loop. Today's loop. I didn't even get a chance to look at because I got so sidetracked about the gaslighting thing. I will be reading it when I'm done here. If you're not getting the loop, you're missing out. Go to catholicvote.org. You can just put in your email address and your zip code. You can hit loop me in. You will get the best one minute email of your day to be able to scroll through the headlines and see what is going on in this country. Things that you care about. Catholic Vote is leading the fight for faith, family, and freedom in that order, as we talked about yesterday. God, family, freedom equals country in this case, and a free country is what we should be rooting for. These guys are in it in the legislative battle and in the lawfare space, and they are keeping track of what is and what is not happening in a fair way. They're also suing the FBI with some aggressive FOIAs trying to figure out what sort of sourcing and what sort of recruitment was going on in Catholic churches and Christian churches more generally. You guys want to check them out. CatholicVote.org, big fans and our friends. They do keep the lights on here, and we're very grateful for what they do. If you're watching us on rumble.com right now, uh, give us a thumbs up. Make sure you're giving us a like on there. I actually am not able to reload it, so they might be messing with my profile right now. Um, something really cool. Can I just uh, brag on Rumble for just a minute, you guys? We're a pretty small channel. We're growing every day because of what you guys do and really grateful for that. But I assure you that like my interactions with YouTube have been absolutely garbage. They're all automated. They're all to like a nobody robot. When I reach out to Rumble, like within a few hours, but generally speaking, it's inside of an hour, I will get an email back from them saying, hey, we're working on whatever it is. And one of the things we did is we asked them to move the AMRAD podcast, which is coming up later today, and I highly recommend you guys check it out. Go to uh, rumble.com slash A-M-R-A-D-P-O-D, AMRADpod for the American Radicals podcast. And I set up that channel because I have familiarity with it. You guys are probably sure. Like you look out there, I'm pretty decent at running the, the video mix, and, I, and I've been setting up all of our channels and doing all of our work. So I set that up. I, I created the intro for it for the guys. And I, get, I said, basically, like, here you go, gentlemen, like off, off, and, off and running. Um, when we did that, I immediately realized it was going to be kind of an additional workload and a burden that I didn't necessarily always have time for. So I was trying to figure out what that looked like. And I reached out to Rumble. I said, can you guys just migrate the AMRAD podcast over to Steve Friend's account? Would you guys do that? Would you be willing to just take it, cut, paste, you know, control alt or whatever it is, uh, copy, control, C, control V, I have to look there. Yeah, and move it over onto Steve Friend's profile and let him set up his own stuff. And they were like, we don't really actually have a program or we don't really have a protocol to mitigate and migrate one channel from one username to another. And I said, well, okay. And they said, would you give us a week or two to try to work on it and just check back on Monday? And I was like, yeah. And then on Monday, they didn't do it. And it was like, man, all right, we may have to just create a new name. 
on January 1st, when I woke up yesterday, I logged into my Rumble account, set it the stream like we always do. Guess what? They moved it. They cut it and pasted it or whatever the heck they did. They took all the followers and they sent it over to the Amrad pod so that Steve Friend and Garrett Boyle can set up their own streams. That is so cool. That's just such a, like a cool user-friendly and like creator friendly. I hate that term, but you know, let's use it for what it is. The people that are actually creating content, getting really fast feedback and them creating a process simply because little old me asked them really, really nice. And it's, I didn't drop any names just in case you guys are wondering, I went straight through the regular um, request line. Awesome. So I, I, I highly recommend that you guys are checking out rumble specifically. If you're not using it, what you're missing out on is one really good customer service Two, uh, the fact that they actually care about what we're trying to accomplish here. And that's, a, that's kind of amazing. Um, the, the two big the two big groups, the Googles, like they don't care. Um, but this one, what a neat thing. And now they know how to do that. I imagine they've actually created that ability. So if people are going to create a, a content and then they're going to spin it off, like if they have a family of uh, shows, really neat, really neat stuff. So I'm appreciative of them. I just wanted to say that out loud because I don't think that gets said enough. All right, let's get into the deepest uh, parts of all this crazy gaslighting. Uh, apparently, you guys are going to be shocked to find this out. Apparently, Donald Trump is still being supported by Republicans. Uh, can you imagine, can you imagine that Donald Trump, <laughs> can you imagine thinking that Donald Trump would not be supported by Republicans? This is the Washington post reporting here. This article is entitled how Trump clawed back from distress to dominate the Republican favorite. Was he ever really not going to be the Republican favorite? Did anyone ever think that? I mean, there was a small possibility, I guess, when he first went, went public with his announcement a little early on, but how insane, how insane. Would it be to think that uh, he had a moment of vulnerability right after the midterms and he, and he, and he might not make it? And I'm going to tell you why they're gaslighting you. Using my little Catholic boat coffee mug here. All right. In a moment of vulnerability after the midterms, the former president turns his criminal indictment into a rallying cry and benefited from a disciplined campaign, stalled opposition, and Biden's weakness. At least they're acknowledging the weakness there. I think that is at least of value. Uh, the thing that actually got me the most interested is this. There's a little quote in here. 13 months on the cusp of 2024, uh, Donald Trump stepped through the mist of a fog machine into a roaring arena in New Hampshire, where, as in every early state, he holds a wide lead over GOP rivals before thousands of cheering fans, and he marveled at how he had built an advantage in the face of 91 criminal charges. Here, here's where they got to get it, because they got to stab him. They're going to stick it in right here. Uh, what is it? Paying hush money, to adult film stars, to mishandling classified materials, and trying to overturn the 2020 election. Of course, they have to editorialize in their so-called reporting and analysis piece. They, you know, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be the Washington Post if they didn't do this. But it is interesting that they are setting it up like it's so crazy that he has any support, and of course he has support. What they don't realize is the thing that they did created that support even more feverishly, because. When you tell someone you can't vote for this guy, look how uh, very, very bad he is. And all the things he said are basically like, uh, they suck. They're doing, they're liars. Uh, and and they're, they're reporting things dishonestly. Like they just, they cannot wrap their heads around it. It shocks me that that is the case uh, even today, but it still continues to be the case. And uh, moreover, another poll came out. This is also Washington Post. And I think this one is probably the most scary for our... Um, for our leftist media, okay? This one is entitled Republican Loyalty to Trump and Rioters Climbs Three Years After the January 6th Attack. We need to push this 
to our elected officials that are trying to run away from the January 6th debacle. There is a reason why I will not let the story go. It was obvious to me working in the Washington field office that this was never going to be fair and that it was wrong, that what happened is not the way that it was portrayed in the media. That was pretty clear for anybody who lived in D.C., if you're being honest. But what's very interesting about this particular article is, and this was called to my attention by uh, Julie Kelly, who has just been absolutely tireless. So if you guys are not following Julie Kelly on all the socials, it's usually Julie underscore Kelly two, I believe. Um, Julie Kelly tweeted out one of these. I'm going to cover a couple of these polls, but they're absolutely shocked. The writers of this particular article, this is uh, Rachel Weiner, Scott Clement, and uh, Emily Guskin. They're shocked that the polls that come from Washington Post, University of Maryland is trending in favor of sympathy towards people who were involved in January 6th. And that should not shock anybody. It should be a readjustment of what should have been the, the accurate understanding of that day. Because what we started off with was a bunch of people showed up to overthrow the government. And where we're at right now is a whole bunch of government interference was happening in there. And those people had some legitimate and valid concerns, which I think is absurd not to think. And the, the vast, vast majority of that crowd was not violent. This is what some of the uh, little pieces I want to read out of here. Republicans increasing loyalty to the former president comes as he simultaneously campaigns for re-election and fights criminal charges over his attempt to stay in power after losing in 2020. Do you guys know how we know that he didn't attempt to stay in power after losing in 2020? Because he got on the helicopter and he flew off. Anything that says otherwise is not revisionist history. It's insanity. It's truly nuts to think that the man was trying to stay in power when, in fact, what he did was turn over power and leave, regardless of how unfair or weird or whatever sort of wonky things were not being investigated. It was over, and he left on the day he was supposed to leave, on time. And now he's running again. He has so little faith in the American system that he's actually running again in another election. Imagine that. Like, imagine how insane you have to be to hold on to these crazy ideas, but they cannot handle they cannot handle the idea that he didn't do what they said, that their messaging campaign is slowly falling apart in the face of overwhelming evidence. And did some people fight cops and need to go to jail? Absolutely. That's a ridiculous thing to claim otherwise. Are all the people that are locked up in, um, in the D.C. jail, are they all, you know, wonderful patriots who did nothing wrong? No, they're not. There are some people in there that are scum. In fact, I know some are scum, and some of the people in the January 6th movement know they are. They don't talk about them in a wide way because it, it, they're worried about discrediting the, the movement overall. But a lot of people got locked up for nonviolent things like walking around and parading, and that is, like, insane. And then the idea that they were going to push this conspiracy, you want to talk about a conspiracy theory, whether the D.C. jury agrees or not, I have no interest in D.C. juries. If you've ever lived in D.C., you have no faith in a D.C. jury. I don't think the people in D.C. make any sense, and, and honestly, there's a reason why they're not a state. I don't think people should necessarily live in D.C. It's a terrible place, number one. It's awful. I've done so much surveillance there, and I hate every part of it. I despise Washington, D.C. So every one of you that are like, hey, like, you know, wouldn't it be great for you to get in the Trump, um, uh, you know, regime and, and get in there and help set up the administration and fix the FBI? Like, can I do it from from Idaho? Can I do it from Montana? Because I don't I'm not interested. I'm not interested in going back to D.C. I hated it. I spent five years trying to get out of D.C. from the first day that we were assigned there. The first time that we went and bought a house, I was like, oh, this is awful. And then from everything else, it was no fun. Uh, Republicans are now less likely to believe. This is what they're so shocked about at the Washington Post. Republicans are less likely to believe January 6th participants were, quote unquote, mostly violent, less likely to believe that Donald Trump bears responsibility for the attack, and they are less likely to view Joe Biden's election as, a as uh, legitimate 
than they were in December of 2021. Well, of course, because in 2021, we had a full-on blitz, a gaslighting insanity. All they did was push narrative. <laughs> um, here's what's kind of fun. You got to love the uh, leftist academics that are working at the University of Maryland at the Center for Democracy and Civic Engagement. I can just tell you, I don't know anything about this guy other than that. And uh, if you're the director for the Center for Democracy and Civic Engagement, like you're a socialist and you're a totalitarian, that's just the nature of what people who claim to be interested in democracy are about. They are interested in tyranny. He wrote, quote, this is a guy named Michael Hamner. He wrote, quote, from a historical perspective, these results would be chilling to many analysts. Oh, no. There's a baseless conspiracy theory that's been promoted heavily in the right wing. What is it? It said some said their views changed because they now believe the riot was instigated by law enforcement to suppress political dissidents, which is a baseless conspiracy theory. Is it, though? Is that baseless? Baseless would mean that there is no foundational beliefs that could be even remotely tied in to understanding that that is a logical outgrowth. Well, we know for a fact that there were tons of sources coming from multiple different government agencies, that there were people from Fort Meade that were on the ground. There were people there that were part of a counterterrorism unit that were on the ground. We know that the FBI had people from multiple field offices that were both sources and, and UCs. And they don't want to expose who they are. I'm sure DHS had a, had a ton. I almost swore. Sorry. Um, it's it's crazy to think that that is a baseless conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy. It is a, it's a possibility that we don't have enough information to decide on. That's not baseless. That means um, still debated maybe would be fine. But these people cannot accept that. Over a third of Americans believe that Biden was uh, illegitimately elected. That's really fun stuff. So let's pull that up. And um, let me just throw some. Here we go. Slightly fewer Republicans now say that Biden's 2020 election was legitimate than they did in 2021. Okay, so let's see. In 21 December versus now, two years later, what do we see? Overall, adults in the United States have said 69% in 21 said that Biden was legitimately elected. 62% now. He's lost seven points, 7% 7 of the population, according to the survey, which is only 1,000 people, and the margin of error is four percentage points. So it actually could be worse. It could be that only 58% of people think that Biden was legitimately elected. Let's go to Republicans. It went from 39% to 31%. It's a plus or minus four. So it could be as little as 4%. It could be as big as like 13% change. That's a big swing. So, you know, and that's also not a very good accuracy um, margin for a poll, for whatever that's worth. Independents decline from 72 to 64. And Democrats decline from 94 to 91. That's a margin of error, which could be basically, it, it, it may have actually increased, but it could have decreased by close to 10%. So what's wild about these is that every single poll tracks that more people across the country think that Joe Biden's election was illegitimate. Why would they think that? Why would you think that Joe Biden's election was not legitimate? There's really only one reason. It's because he's not a good candidate in the same way that Hillary Clinton was not a good candidate. He had an overwhelming support by people who weren't thinking and loved the base and independents couldn't have liked him very much. He wasn't great. And he campaigned from his basement. He never went out and did anything. And everywhere President Trump went, Love him or hate him. The man had enormous rallies and tons of people are incredibly loyal. Many of you are incredibly loyal. As you guys know, I don't love any politicians. I could care less about any of them. I'm only interested in the outcomes. I'm only interested in what they do for me, my family, and you, the American people. That's what I care about. But Trump was objectively better than what Biden's doing right now. They won't let you think that, though. They're not going to play that game. 
they do not play even a little bit. Let me grab a couple of these other uh, little little um, polls because these are fun. Fewer Republicans think that the uh, the J6 protesters were were mostly violent. It used to be that only a quarter of people thought that. Now it's less than 20%. So less than a fifth of people think that they were mostly violent. Overall, people in America declined. Every single one of these numbers, Democrats by the smallest amount, independents by a pretty small amount, overall U.S. adults by a slightly larger amount, people across the board, every single one of these polls, trends showing that less people believe that it was what they say it was. This is a, a single poll showing the narrative slipping. That's what it means, because every single one of these things, which are slanted to say like, hey, don't you think that January 6th was really terrible and President Trump's a really bad guy and he's a, you know, he's like Alexander with a terrible, awful, no good, very bad presidency. Mm -mm. No, everybody's slipping a little bit less, a little bit less people are thinking that, which means you're also getting a pollster asking. They say the plus or minus is 4%. I mean, if you guys have ever done one of these polls, other than me, who boldly answers them like most aggressively as possible, most people don't do that because they're talking to a stranger on the phone. They don't know if it's um, if it's Emily Guskin from the from the Washington Post or if it's some dude from the Center for Democracy and Civic Engagement or if it's uh, the FBI just calling to vet them, which I do get those messages from you all. I don't think the FBI is doing any polling right now, just so you know. Another one, fewer Republicans now say that Trump bears responsibility for the attacks on the Capitol. It's actually not just Republicans. Republicans went from 27% to 14%. So like they've lost 50%. It's 50% of people who in the Republican Party have any belief that Donald Trump bears this responsibility. But overall, the American adult population, according to this survey, slipped. 7% less people think that Donald Trump is responsible than the Capitol. Think about how scary that is for the narrative that he created an insurrection and that we need to remove him from the ballot because he had a 14th Amendment violator. Because that's what they're doing. Democrats slipped by 6%. Independents slipped by 1%. Independents tend to mirror like sort of like the U.S. national average, it looks like. And there's far less independents these days as we kind of find out. Man, I would have been in the independent category. I would have been one and I would be like, no. I, but the question is this. Uh, did he bear responsibility? I would have been in the, no, he never did in the first place. It was pretty obvious. Like the guy wasn't even there. The breach of the Capitol happened before he was done speaking. Shouldn't that change? Shouldn't that be relevant? Shouldn't we be actually like relevant about all these kind of things? You'd think, um, which is why they're marching out some of the wild stuff that's out there. And they're marching out these, these ladies who are in the former Trump administration. I've almost played this for you guys yesterday. I didn't mean to uh, slip it up, but let's throw this in. This is part of the messaging campaign that has to happen. You have to say like, we're losing the narrative. Send out pretty ladies from the Bush, from the uh, from the former Trump administration. So here you go. Fundamentally, a second Trump term could mean the end of American democracy as we know it, and I, I don't say that lightly. We all witnessed him trying to steal a democratic election before and going to historic and unconstitutional lengths to do so, um, and and that just shows that he's willing to basically break every barrier to get into power and to stay into power. But also, um, I'm very concerned what, about what. The term would actually look like. We don't need to speculate what a second Trump uh, term would look like because we already saw it play out. To this day, he still doubles down on the fact that he thinks that the election was stolen and fraudulent. And then his rhetoric has just gotten increasingly erratic. I mean, he has literally called for things like doing away with parts of the Constitution, wanting to weaponize the DOJ to enact revenge on his political enemies. The fact that he feels that he needs to lean into being a dictator alone shows that he is a weak and feeble man yeah. who has no sense of character and integrity and has no sense of leadership.
that is a truly incredible clip. I would almost play it again, but I know most of you guys would probably barf. It'd probably be far too much for you to handle over there in the live chat. So I don't want to do that to you. But let me speak softly about the pretty ladies that are dressed up nicely and they have lovely makeup and they are telling you that we already know what a Trump presidency would look like because we already saw it. And it resulted in their feelings. These are people that worked for Trump. And none of them, <laughs> like none of them can honestly say that the things that they claimed happened, happened. And then he's going to do away with parts of the Constitution like he did last time, like he was going to lock Hillary up. Like, look, I would have been thrilled if they locked up Hillary, only because I want to see accountability happen at all levels. And if I had done what Hillary Clinton had done, if I was like, oh, like I'm an FBI employee, like I got a top secret clearance, I'm going to go set up my server to receive a mirror of all my secret classified emails and i'm going to go through them there and then i'm going to take the stuff from the uh, fbi net and the scion and i'm going to go and i'm going to forward those all over forget forget simpernet and air gapping i'm going straight to kyle's laptop then i'm going to go set up a server in my bathroom like all the crazy and things that that went on there for that to happen people have gone to jail for longer for less some of them would still be serving sentences if they had done what hillary clinton had done 100 percent and that was broadly felt by people who were in the FBI that I knew, and I think that has slowly just disappeared. Has everybody just forgotten about that? The, the whole Comey's my homie thing? Guys, if you did not watch yesterday's show, I will tune you into a very specific section of it. Seven and a half minutes in to 24 and a half minutes in, go watch that section. Go take whatever that is, that 15 minutes or so. Go watch it 18 minutes. Go watch that and understand what the FBI is and what the FBI is not. It's captured for a lot of reasons, one of which is its geographic location for headquarters, one of which is the culture of the people that they were creating and they're bringing in, and the fact they've moved to intelligence away from, from uh, criminal enforcement. But the idea that Hillary Clinton didn't do something wrong like he did, but guess what he didn't do? He didn't weaponize the DOJ. He didn't do that. We had to wait for Biden to do that. We had to wait for Biden to come in to target and make the biggest investigation in history. And it was right on the heels of telling everybody that there was going to be a compliance purge. I see all these things together. We'll do a whole show on uh, what's going on in the military right now because the civilian service was always going to come first and the military service was always going to follow on secondly. It had to be that way because military members are under like significant more uh, threat and scrutiny under the UCMJ, the Universal Code of Military Justice. Like that could put them in jail doing what I did and saying, no, I'm not going to get this shot. Like I would lose my job. And so inevitably that is a lower consequence than I'm going to be thrown in the brig somewhere and I'm not going to be able to get out. It was always going to be that way. The civilian service comes first. That makes sense. We're a civilian, you know, moving and a civilian controlling military. But the idea that the Biden administration did not weaponize DOJ and really all government and do a compliance purge, you are out of your effing minds, little girls. You're crazy. There's no other way to say it. What they did was they found proxies in the vaccine mandate to find out who are the people that are conservative, who are the people we need to get rid of, who are the people that are going to object to tyranny. And they found them, right? That's what the suspendables are. That's what the, the FBI suspendables are. There's an entire group called Feds for Medical Freedom. Now they're just called Feds for Freedom. Um, there are a bunch of federal employees. I'm in multiple lawsuits. I was always in lawsuits. I announced it to my, uh, you know, this is one of the reasons why you get thrown out of the FBI. You go, hey, do I need to announce that I'm in a lawsuit against the, the attorney general? And they're like, uh, just don't talk about it at work or whatever. It's like, I'm just letting you know. I feel like the policy requires me to notify you. And it was obvious to me right away 
that the things that were going on there were a compliance purge that they were trying to figure out who would object, who would be the people that say, you can't load these people into boxcars. We're not going to do it. And who was going to be the good Americans? Who was going to be the uh, ordinary men? The Reserve Police Battalion 101. Can't talk about this stuff highly enough. I called it a purge very early on. You heard Jim Jordan talk about it as a purge. And then you've seen recent whistleblowers coming out and saying exactly what it was. They found proxies like military service and religious observation to be stand-ins for conservatives, and they went to eliminate them. And of course, guys like me and Garrett O'Boyle were at the top of that list because we were also whistleblowers. Like, forget the people that were going to just be watched and we got to maintain a control of these people, which, by the way, they got compliance by telling them to swab their noses. The ones that were really dangerous were the ones that were willing to do whistleblowing activity. Imagine if you have an organization that is bent on compliance. That's what they're interested in. The FBI has always been that, by the way. And then you find out people say, hey, well, I'm not going to comply. Now you're watching them. And they go, not only am I not going to comply, but I'm going to expose some of this evil crap you guys are up to. Boom. You're done. That's what the suspendables got created on. That's what they did to Steve Friend. That's what they did to me. That's what they did to Garrett. There's a half dozen others that you guys don't know the names of, but they've gone out there and done it. They went out and canceled people because they knew that they would take action. By word or deed, they had already shown that they were a liability to the FBI. And these ladies are out here trying to act like Joe Biden is not that person. Are you out of your flipping minds, ladies? Have you not seen the red speech? Have you not seen what's happened in this country when it comes to like prosecuting conservatives? Rules for radicals, always accuse others of what you are doing yourself, right? Like these are old playbooks. It's not news to you, but the gaslighting burns eternal. And I should have changed the name and I may even change the name of this episode because that's what we're about. It is so true and it's so bizarre. Uh, let's talk about somebody who's not involved in that, who's decided to jump in with us right away early on when this podcast was fledgling. We didn't have people watching. We didn't have 100,000 followers on Twitter and all of that. So let's say thanks to my buddies over at uh, Patriot Coolers. You guys can go to PatriotCoolers.com. If you're on Twitter right now, if you're on X, you can follow them at Patriot Coolers. Use promo code Kyle for any purchases, K-Y-L-E. You'll save 10%. You'll get... Uh, You'll get free shipping. I'm, I don't know if they know how to change that up. They only want to offer 10%. I told them to give them my 5%. So we'll figure it out. Maybe we'll start doing some giveaways. I'd like to do that. I'll try to coordinate something with them where we can do a giveaway of like a, a cooler every uh, month or two or something like that. I don't know how we'll figure out how to do it. Maybe we'll just do a blind uh, drawing out of the hat of people who have bought it. But check out patriotcoolers.com, promo code Kyle. I like to just like think of ideas while I'm talking to you guys on the show, while we're doing it live. Um, Use promo code Kyle. You guys can check out the drinkware. You can check out the soft-sided coolers, which are actually a really great option. They are, uh, what do they call them? Radio welded, I think is what they call those. The, the seams that basically don't that don't leak. I really like stuff that's made that way. Uh, I'm a gear horror on that kind of thing. And I like jackets that have radio welded pockets. If you guys are like Arteryx people, they have the same kind of technology there. They're lightweight. I used to carry these with me. Actually, they're... Um, the soft-sided cooler that you see that's in the picture right there. I used to carry one just like that on surveillance whenever I would travel and I would fill it up with ice and then I would throw all my yogurts and all my frozen fruits and all that kind of stuff in there. And I would be able to have like a little more, you know, mini portable smoothie machine with me um, more than you needed to know. But I've been using products like this and I've been using their coolers for quite a long time. I've got the uh, 2017 model sitting on the desk, which I need to return to my wife. I've got the 2022 model sitting right here. This is a 32 ounce in OD green. If you guys are not familiar, check out all their stuff. Promo code Kyle. All right, let's keep rolling. Let's rock and roll. Okay, so the gaslighting springs eternal. It continues to burn. We've got a couple other things on there. There was something kind of fun coming out of the New York Times today. And I think you guys will find it interesting. I think it will be, I think it will not surprise you but it is an interesting sort of harbinger of what's to come. How about this? 
<laughs> they're reporting on the, the, the British economy. It's quote unquote, not working. There's two reasons for it. The local planning authorities can block new construction for years. And the power grid cannot accommodate new connections. When I heard that, if you took away the Britain's economy is not working, here's two reasons why. If you just read the following statement, are you ready? The power grid cannot keep up with demands for connections and local planning authorities block new constructions for years. Imagine the United States. Where would that be? Would that be New York? Would that be Massachusetts? Would it be California? Of course. The exact same problems that happen everywhere come when government gets in your business, like the EPA getting night vision and deciding to come and enforce you, or when the government cannot get out of the way and do the only job that it has, which is to basically shore up infrastructure and solve the problems that are shared by all people. How do we get electrical lines here? How do we get power here? You know, the building permits are not meant to hold up things and wait for you to, to, uh, to meet whatever demands of the city are. Their job is, is like, okay, are you creating a danger? No, carry on. Are you going to damage other people around you by what you're doing? Are you going to have a nightclub that's right next to a nursery that, you know, keeps track of babies at night or something? I don't know. Like, are you going to infringe on the civil liberties of the people next to you? If not, like good speed, do whatever you need to do. Should you have a shooting range that's uh, indoors that's right next to something that like is a very sound sensitive area? Probably not. Like, uh, you know, shooting ranges in urban areas are kind of sketchy unless they're in a basement somewhere. So those are the things that the permits are supposed to be about. They're not supposed to be about can we roadblock your construction? And oftentimes, is it based on the ideology? Are you a transgender clinic that needs to be built up here and you're the first of your kind in, in uh, Wyoming and Casper? Well, let's just green light that right through. Oh, are you trying to do a, a crisis pregnancy center where you're trying to try and talk women out of abortions and into adoptions? Mm, we can't do that. We cannot do that. It will not be appropriate. It's very interesting that they are showing that this is a problem in Britain, because in some ways, the things that we see in Britain are actually harbingers of what's to come in the United States. And we can already see them in the leftist areas where they are working. If you ever listen to Tommy Robinson, I had the privilege of sitting in a space and listening to him talk. All of his concerns are 100% interested He's 100% worried about the same sort of things in Britain because they're all coming here and many of them are already here. Just found that interesting for you. I think you guys can appreciate it. Um, <laughs> it's it's not just the, the economic version of it though because our, our government is so captured. I've got a fun video for you. I entitled this one, Trannies in Space. You guys will understand why in one moment. Let's... Um, Let's consider that the, the capture is not just local government, and obviously the enemy is the bigger the government, the more dangerous it is, the more overreach it will have. And here's an, a great example of just full insanity on full display telling you that mental illness is necessary in our military because what if it's also brilliant? What if, what if mental illness is also brilliant? We're not talking about John Nash here in A Beautiful Mind. We're talking about people whose minds are pretty disordered. So check this out. Inclusion is a national security imperative. Wait, no, it's not. Let me just start there. No, it's not. Inclusion is not a national security imperative. That's false. So everything after this, I don't really care about, but a dude in a dress telling me that the, you have to accept me as part of national security, that's crazy. I've worked in the Air Force and I've worked in national security with the FBI. Both of those things are false. Let's just keep playing. Sorry, I had to interrupt there. Oh, there she is. Inclusion is a national security imperative. We fight today and we are going to fight in the future using brain power. And if that brain, who's going to revolutionize the way we fight in space, we fight in cyber, just happens to be in a trans body, 
you should want them all serving alongside me. For us, it is absolutely critical to drive our future success as an organization and potentially on the battlefield. Yikes. I know you guys are barfing. I'm, I'm throwing a lot at you guys today. Um, when I said there she is, I meant the button on my, on my uh, stream deck. <laughs> Under no circumstances do I think that dude who's a stand-in... Why do they all look like Buffalo Bill? Am I the only one who sees this? All the trans people, uh, and there's no such thing as a trans body. That's a man's body. Did you guys see the pictures on social media? If you haven't looked, go back and look at my... Um, Go look at my timeline on Twitter. I said, caption this photo. The dude looks like he's like 6'5 and 260. And he's got like this little guy who looked kind of like Thomas Massey, which is kind of strange, wearing like a Coast Guard or a public health uniform. And he's like trying to pin. And the guy has to like bend over to get the shoulder pinned on. Yeah, they just pinned um, Lieutenant Colonel on this dude who looks huge. And he's in the Space Force. Just remember, we had uh, Matthew Lohmeyer on our show. And that man in woman face, got his rank, got to promote beyond Matthew Lohmeyer. That's who's taking the spots. We joke about the idea in the suspendables chat in the background where you guys can't see it. We joke about the idea that someone took our badges and gave them to tranny agents. That literally happened in Washington field office. There is a trans, a female pretending to be a man, literally for all accounts is actually kind of a cute female. I've seen pictures and she's got like, you know, curly bouncy hair or whatever. And she just wears a men's suit and a pin that says he, him. What are we talking about here? Like, how lost are we as a country where that's the case? Um, but the good news is, the good news is, is that we're not totally lost because we've actually got a system of at least partially Federalist stuff going on. And here it is, New York Times. They're actually not real thrilled about this, but this is what's going on. <laughs> they expect significant debates on AI and gender and guns and all the things that matter to you most in the state legislatures in the coming, coming weeks and months of 2024. The most contentious issues in the country will dominate the agendas of state legislatures who are returning to work in the coming days and weeks. That's what they say. This is uh, Rick Rojas reporting it. Yes, New York Times. Now just now, I just need you guys to celebrate that because that is where it's supposed to be done. He actually says something in here that's not tragic. He says consensus has yet to emerge, but Congress can look to the state legislatures, often referred to as the laboratories of democracy. I assume that he says it that way. I don't know why. It came from somebody who was at the uh, the, the Brennan Center for Justice, which is not a nonpartisan. It's a leftist think tank, <laughs> a poverty think tank and law think tank. Give me a break. The Brennan Center for Justice is full leftist. Only the New York Times would call them nonpartisan. But uh, these laboratories of democracy for inspiring or inspiration of regarding how to address opportunities and challenges posed by AI. That's the same thing about guns. Every single, these should all be legislated locally. If you guys look, the second amendment is pretty clear. Uh, shall not infringe. The federal government shouldn't do it. The state governments, if they want to do it, just move out of there. They're like, hey, you can't bring your guns to town. Johnny Cash. Well, if you can't bring the guns to town, I'm not going to be in that town. You can vote with your feet. That's the way it's supposed to be. There's supposed to be 50 different independent laboratories where we all figure out what the best ideas are. And then the ones that are like, hey, uh, it seems like South Dakota's having a pretty good time with this problem. Maybe we should do what they're doing. Oh, Texas has got this figured out. In some places, maybe California is the best thing. Like if you want the most tyranny or if you want uh, your children to be chopped up and generally mutilated. And you go, oh, I want to go move to the place where that happens. And maybe everybody else should pick that up too. If we could just convince them that California, New York, or Texas and Idaho and Montana or whatever are the right answer, then that's what you do. And if they don't come to consensus, you go live in a state that does the things that you want. You got 50 different options. Roll the dice. There's coasts on both sides. There's mountains in the middle. You guys, it's see the shining sea. Shouldn't you be able to figure out which one you want to do and let the states figure it out? That's kind of what they just did with abortion. That's actually a win that if you don't want to deal with it, you can find yourself on the area or in the area that you want to live. 
Democrats don't like that. They're massively federalistic. They think that this, the uh, the federal government should run everything. And if need be, as I mentioned yesterday, they are smarter than you. So that's why they're going to do it by fiat. And that's the real danger. That's why the gaslighting must uh, spring eternal. So the last topic that I had for you, the last thing I wanted to bring up was what it really comes down to for them. Well, let's do it. Let's do a Sam Harris video. I don't know why I thought this video was interesting, but Sam Harris is kind of saying the same things. He really doesn't like the fact that you guys have free speech on Twitter. And he thinks that he should be the one who tells you which are the appropriate people to talk about and what are the appropriate opinions to have. Again, if they can't dictate it to you, you know it's not going to work out. So here's Sam Harris kind of telling us the way it's supposed to work, the way that he believes that um, social media, you shouldn't associate with people that are less than you. I love associating with people that I don't agree with. I may quit at some point in time, but man, how else are you going to change people's minds? Here's Sam Harris. He's just kind of like an elitist trash talking to Jordan Peterson. I mean, look at what Twitter has done to Elon's life, right? It's just, you know, Elon used to be a friend. You know, he's somebody I, I knew reasonably well. Um, you know, his engagement with Twitter has been catastrophic for him as a person from my point of view. I mean, it's just, it's, it's clearly a, compuls a compulsion. I mean, he was so addicted to it that he felt he needed to buy the platform. Um, but it is a... You know, his use of it has been so irresponsible and uh, produced such, I mean, forget about the harm he's produced in other people's lives. Uh, how, and, and, and nothing I'm saying now has, it, it relates to changes he's made to the platform. I mean, that's that's a separate thing that we can talk about. You know, I'm, I'm, I've always been agnostic as to whether or not he could actually improve Twitter as a, as a platform, and he may yet wind up doing that. But I'm just talking about the way he has personally used it as a user of the platform and the way he's interacted with people and boosted signal boosted massively um, the profiles of anonymous QAnon lunatic trolls, right? I mean, he's, he's been completely cavalier in who he interacts with, all the while knowing that anyone he boosts suddenly gets, you know, a million followers and, and has a platform that they otherwise couldn't imagine having. Uh, He's not using his power and authority the way that Sam Harris thinks is appropriate. And that is unacceptable because Sam Harris is part of the elite. He's part of the elite group of people that know how to think and you don't know how to think. And whatever Elon Musk, you know, he, he became a billionaire, obviously, by complete accident. He just won the billionaire lottery. He's not a thinker. He doesn't know anything. And so thank God there's people like Sam Harris out there, right, that can tell him how to think and how to how to use his power and his money and his influence. I mean, the balls on these people. It's absolutely galling. It was catastrophic for him as a person. Yeah, I, I think Elon Musk was totally devastated by Sam Harris's opinion. I can't believe people still talk to this guy. That's the thing that's so interesting to me. Why do they still talk to Sam Harris like he's relevant? Uh, my wife used to be kind of on the, like I said, she was a uh, liberal, but not a leftist. She was able to see reason and all the time we never had any problems. We just didn't agree on certain things. And now we pretty much agree on everything. And she changed her own opinion. She's self-radicalized on all this stuff. But the wild thing is, is that like she listens to Sam Harris and she was like, why do people even listen to him? He's a moron. He just says complicated sentences that sound like they mean something, but they don't. And I think she's right. I think a lot of things my, my wife says are right. <laughs> that won't shock you. It shouldn't shock you. But let's play with what, uh, what, what this is really all about. The whole gaslighting, it comes down to this. Here it is. CNN, my favorite. You guys know how much I love CNN. Oh, man. The question is this. Are you better off than you were three years ago? John Avalon at CNN. It's an opinion. Damn right it's an opinion. <laughs> He's a senior political analyst and anchor, and his opinions are his own. 
in this particular situation. So he throws back to 1980, of course. You know, how many people in the Biden administration are going to do a, a, a like a Ray, Ronald Reagan comparison? I don't know why, because Ronald Reagan was old, maybe, and Biden is a thousand years old and he acts like it. At least Ronald Reagan was smart. Ronald Reagan famously asked a television debate audience, are you better off than you were four years ago? And that was a hammer blow to then President Jimmy Carter's reelection hopes. It was all over. And uh, Ronald Reagan took office and was the president when I was born. Now, with the 2024 insight, that's the same essential question. Are you better off at the end of Donald Trump's term or are you better off at the beginning now that, John, that uh, Biden has had a couple of years on it? Think back three years ago, and here he's going to give you the litany of problems that you forgot that you were suffering from with no context whatsoever. Three years ago, January of 2021, the U.S. was suffering from then the deadliest month of the COVID-19 pandemic, which we know were fake numbers. They would eventually claim more than 1.1 million American lives, far worse than the per capita developed in the developing world, even though we had all these tools that these people who are leftists were pushing because the government is run by people on the political left, whether there's a Republican president or not. Employment was at 6.7%, spiking to nearly 15% at the start of the pandemic, which means it was declining because it was artificial. Uh, and the number had savaged and salvaged by trillions of dollars in bipartisan spending. So we spent all kinds of money. So yes, Donald Trump spent too much money. That's what they said for this fake emergency. Ain't that something. Most indelibly, we had a president who, for the first time in American history, conspired. Did he ever get proved? Have they proved any conspiracy with Donald Trump? Not yet. He's been charged with it, though, to overturn the election. So they're going out here and doing a messaging campaign on the lie that he needed to stay in power, contrary to the Constitution, the tradition of people transfer of power, even though he actually did transfer power, resulting in the cap attack on the U.S. Capitol by his supporters. A lot of questions there, which we covered earlier. That that narrative is slipping. That's why they're pushing it. What about the economy? Bipartisanship has been persuasive, and it distorts the perception that's otherwise straightforward. Someone said that we're in a silent economic depression. Um Okay, blah, 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 blah. He goes on to talk about how great has Joe Biden been. Um, the American economy is a world leader. I just want you guys to think about your lives and what's going on. The American economy is a world leader. It's recently described by The Economist as a marvel to behold with inflation de declining faster than our allies. Yeah, because they inflated it really quickly and now it's slowly going down. By the way, inflation declining doesn't mean that we are we are getting less. We are less uh, inflated. It just means that there is the rate of inflation is actually less. So we are still being inflated. Our currency is still being devalued just at a slower rate than it was beforehand and heading towards the vaunted soft landing that seemed mythical to many observers. So wild here. He created 14 million jobs in three years, averaging 400,000 jobs per month. Most of those jobs are part-time, and many of them are just people getting their jobs back because they got laid off because of artificial BS Democrat policies that were at the state level. Amazingly, contrast that with 176,000 jobs per month under Trump during his first three months in office. Uh, you mean like when the economy was normal and he didn't have this like fake pandemic that lost 20 million jobs? It's unbelievable. So this all goes on. All I want you to say is, are you better off now than you were three years ago, and I want you to consider, would you have ever seen this video under Donald Trump? Find everything you need today? Yeah. Great, okay. Yeah. Oh God. 
you know. Everything okay, ma'am? Uh, it's just that you've only scanned a few items and it's already 60 bucks. Uh, I'm so scared. Okay, I'm a trained professional, ma'am. I've scanned a lot of groceries. I need you to stay with me. It's just that my in-laws are in town and they want a charcuterie board. Well, this isn't gonna be easy, so I need you to be brave, all right? What's your name? Patricia. Patricia, all right. I need you to take a deep breath. We're about to do the cheese. <gasps> Oh my God, the numbers are going up so fast. Why do we have to be on Balderson's house? Don't look up there, it only makes it worse. Keep your eyes on me, okay? <sighs> Can't you just scan something less expensive? I can, but let's not forget, it's the little things that add up, all right? Now brace yourself, I'm about to do the mixed nuts. Oh my God, I'm gonna pass out. Okay, bite down on this, Patricia. <sighs> Get ready, I'm gonna do the cured meats. <sighs> It's too late, there's a line behind you, okay? You're locked in. I'm not strong enough. I know it looks like a lot right now, but I promise you, you're gonna get home and you're gonna wonder, what did I even buy? <laughs> You've got this, Patricia, get ready. I'm gonna weigh the grapes. Oh, oh what have you done to me, you son okay, of a- Okay, your total's 2574 oh, no! You gotta dig deep, this is the hardest part. Patricia, it's time to pay. <laughs> I need you to be strong. Dig deep, Patricia. Insert your card. Insert your card, Patricia. You got this. You got this. You're doing it, Patricia. You're doing it. That's the way. Here you are, ma'am. A healthy bundle of groceries. <laughs> Can I take them home? Yeah. Yeah, you have to. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next! Okay. All right. <laughs> you guys remember all those like high grocery video uh, parodies that were going on under Donald Trump? That's so good. Anyway, uh, that's uncomfortable to know that that's how silly that is. Like, obviously, it's not the same as childbirth, but man, the costs have certainly gone up, have they not? And uh, to act like it's anything other than that, we just have to ask, are you better off than you were three years ago? CNN thinks you were. Um, they just think everything is great. Apparently, they must make an awful lot of money, and they are not filling the same world that uh, the people that I deal with. And everybody who thinks that uh, having 100,000 followers on Twitter means that you're some kind of big timer, you still you still shop at Walmart and look for deals. So anyway, I hope you guys appreciated that. I try to give you guys a little bit of levity at the end of the game. Uh, one more. I have a public service announcement because I keep having uh, some of you guys kind of put these these uh, tweets out and, and, and on True Social, and you're letting us know, like, hey, check it out. Uh, yeah. I got my pin. I got my suspendables pin. Guys, this is the way that the, the that it's worn. It's worn eagle down. This is a public service announcement for all of you out there. The eagle is down, folks. That's the way you hand it to somebody. If you give somebody a suspendables pin and you want them to wear it on their jacket, like I wear on all the uh, the public service or the uh, the public statements that I go make, and I'm going to be doing something in Long Island, New York. I think it's called Patriots Day. I'm waiting for them to tell me what the heck it's called. But I'm, I'm flying out to New York for January 6th. We're doing a fundraiser. I'm just going to give a speech about uh, how this weaponized government is really not a partisan issue. It shouldn't be. We're seeing that that narrative is trending. But man, the eagle is down. That's how you hand it over. The eagle is down. And uh, let's let's go to the uh, the merch store while we're talking about that so you guys can see. But this is the way it's supposed to be worn. You guys correct each other, fix each other online. Uh, Aaron Stevenson told me I had to fix that thing out there. So here we go. Um, the Suspendables store, the merch store, which is going to be the the sweatshop, the Oboyle family sweatshop is the-suspendables. Again, that's the-suspendables.com, the-suspendables.com. Uh, it looks like the Night Ops bundle is sold out, but they actually still do have the hats, 
of which I have one still sitting over here and it's a good looking hat and it's actually really comfortable and maybe more of a summer hat or those of you who live in the South, you guys want a trucker hat. Pretty cool. I, I have the uh, black multicam like you see picture there. Big fan of that. And uh, I've been trying not to sweat in it. So I've been wearing it less than I want to. It's like a dress hat for me. I have, uh, that's, that's how I've gone. That's how formal I've gone. I go from wearing a suit to wearing a dress baseball trucker's hat. Go figure. The-dispendables.com. If you use my promo code, which is Kyle, uh, it saves you money. It doesn't help anybody except you. So that's why we gave it to you. Just a couple of bucks off. It'll save you 10% whenever you guys want to go buy that and uh, support the O'Boyle family. Again, the Eagle's down, folks. The Eagle's down. That's what it is. Uh, lastly, we'll throw this up here real quick. You guys can go to MyPillow.com slash Kyle. If you're going to go and do something uh, and buy a MyPillow product, go to MyPillow.com slash Kyle, promo code Kyle at the MyPillow website, and uh, they will get you hooked up with all the same deals as everybody else. Do not forget the AMRAD podcast. That's AMRADpod. It's Rumble.com slash AMRADpod. You're watching here on Kyle Seraphin's Rumble channel. This is the Kyle Seraphin show. It is Rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. I didn't add a show in it. There's nothing. There's no hyphens. Those are all fake accounts. We're trying to get them removed. Again, Rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. If you want to watch the videos, if you missed out on any of those things, if you heard something on the audio channel and you're like, man, that sounded funny or that sounded terrible. I want to see those people go to the Rumble channel. Give us a thumbs up. And lastly, I will read because this is why you guys help us continue to grow. Here is today's five-star review. It's from Gino Gringo. No, Gino Ringo. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call you Gringo. Gino Ringo. Sensible and smart. Five stars. Get the inside scoop on the state of the American surveillance state, cultural observations, and some old-fashioned common sense with former FBI agent Kyle Serafin and guests. If you care about freedom, don't miss this one. Thanks, Gino. We appreciate that. And we will keep sending it your way. We will do so again tomorrow. Like I said, check out the AMRED podcast. We'll see you again tomorrow at 0930 Eastern Time. That's 830 here in Texas, America on the Kyle Serafin Show. God bless y'all. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Kyle Serafin Show, streamed live weekdays on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Follow Kyle on Twitter, Truth Social, and Instagram at Kyle Serafin.